0: The Open Nesters is a weekly podcast focusing on couples and individuals who are looking for new beginnings after their kids have left the nest.
1: This week on The Open Nesters podcast with Amanda Ananda, the Tantric Mama.
2: We have been indoctrinated that the mind is, you know, the the thing that we need to to feed and build and we get paid more money with the better our minds work, right? And unfortunately that is not true at all for relationships and sex <laughs> to some degree, obviously thinking things through and being able to communicate, of course, but ultimately the relationships is meeting in the field of the heart and to be able to feel one another and to be present with one another and to be present, we need to get rid of our mind. Basically, we need to put it on the, in the back seat of the car and we need to allow the heart to take the lead. And so tantra is an amazing practice that supports us in coming into our body, coming into more, more of our sensation, coming into more of what our heart feels.
1: Tessa, I'm so happy you brought somebody in that caliber of uh, Amanda Ananda. She's a true expert in tantric and I, there's something I've always struggled with, but here it is, giving it to us in a real, I guess, uh, layman terms. So I'm looking forward to hearing what she has to say, and I'm sure it's beyond beyond tantric. It's probably being uh, also present and breathing. So I'm looking forward to hearing from her.
0: <laughs> you will hear about an orgasm of gratitude and things that you definitely don't expect here. And I'll, what I want to say is that Amanda's of a younger generation. So if you have you know your own kids or daughters to pass this on to, the younger we can learn. I mean, we're trying to relearn this as open nesters and And Amir and I recently have been talking about this uh, confidence, or is is kind of this capacity for more curiosity and learning, and it's what I've been teaching as well. So, so I will be doing this, um, Amanda, and my paths crossed, especially for this podcast we decided to do a retreat together in connecticut at the end of may so stay tuned for details on that as well as the things she's doing for younger people
1: so let's hear it from amanda the tantric mama
0: welcome to the Opennessers podcast amanda ananda the tantric mama this is a joy and an honor for me to finally connect with you how are you today
2: Hmm. i am having an amazing day i've been looking so forward to chatting with you i feel it's such an honor to get to join you for this hour and get to chat about the beauty of opening up in life in relationships and and to our families you know opening our hearts and being able to connect more deeply with those that we love and value so i'm so excited thank you for inviting me
0: well, you've gotten quite a beautiful reputation for yourself. We interviewed Reed Macalo a few weeks back, and I, who started the the cuddle the cuddle parties years back. And I know in New Haven you were, you started them here. And actually, tell me about that because I'm I'm going to my first love bur- my first regional Burning Man, my first what well, you're not supposed to call a festival, but I've never mm-hmm. been to anything like this. And called mm-hmm. Burning Man, I'm going to my first one tomorrow, and there are going to be God, a lot of cuddle parties. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to take you off track and ask you to tell me a little bit about that because it's so so curious about it.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Cuddle Party is an amazing kind of laboratory for somebody to, to get to explore their boundaries, conscious communication and consent. And so you show up and you have an idea of what it's going to be, but most of the time Um, But at the end of the welcome circle, you feel like you feel safe in the room. There's a really beautiful way that the welcome circle is structured so that people get to know one another and you have a unified, agreed way of communicating with each other. And then you get to experiment with really figuring out what type of touch would I like to receive right now and get to practice asking for what you want and the practice getting to say no and the gift of allowing somebody to say no. And so what happened for me, the first time I attended a cuddle party, gosh, I think it was, oh, like seven, eight years ago now. I went to the event and I didn't have my no. And I didn't know that I didn't have my no. And it wasn't until I was in this experience and I had people were asking me to to cuddle with them in certain ways that I was like frozen. I was kind of like this mannequin girl full of anxiety and was like, oh, my God, I'm realizing I've never said no to anybody. This is the most terrifying thing anyone could ask me to do. What the hell am I doing here? And finally, three quarters of the way through, after many experiences of being very awkward and like just if you ever hug somebody and like it's just awkward and you're like okay i i think i'll just let go that was weird (laughs) it was i was that person and um i finally got the courage to say no and the person responded with this super delightful like well thank you for taking care of you and like skipped off and it changed my life it was just in that moment i just realized the value of my no and how okay it was to use it and i've had as much easier time using it ever since and so i when i had that experience i was like uh why is this workshop not mandatory in like high school and college and just like a part of uh what we need to experience as we become adults because how different would our lives be if we had better communication with each other if we had better boundaries with each other if we had our no and we knew how to ask for what we want and so i was like i'm bringing it to the east coast or bringing it back actually because it was originated in new york Um, and so I went through the training and started hosting cuddle parties in New Haven.
0: It is so many things that you've just said that I want to open up. And then the pandemic, how that exaggerates it all coming back, which we hope to do in a different way and a more conscious way to these discussions and this request and this ask and this openness, all of Mm. these. And so... Yeah, thank you. Like that just brings so many questions up and yet I so want to know about motherhood because that's what we're talking about today so maybe we'll mm-hmm. have to have you back for another interview about about cover <laughs> sure. parties especially after I've experienced them. Ooh, so yes. But I do think and I do think that this touch idea you know that that, that high school and that, that the problems in our world today of of not having of of not of ex, of expecting touch and then not not giving the opportunity to see the warmth that's possible and yet not feel like you have to have your boundaries invaded it has to be huge to be able to step up and bring the paradox to life of the yes and the no mm. the light and the dark yes. and all of those things I know have to go a lot to with tantra too so yes. you know motherhood has its journey. I'm yes. a young mom going through this really rough time with the pandemic. And uh, so I had uh, I, at first when I thought of interviewing Amanda, I was thinking, well, maybe she's worked with people that are moms my age. And, you know, and, and have, actually, yeah. let's start there a little bit that, you know, once we have this stage of life that we don't have that much intensity and we have a lot more freedom and openness, how how you worked with anyone to embrace that?
2: Yeah, it's such for me, I have helped many women at that stage of life, and it's so beautiful to witness them return to making themselves the number one priority, right, Um, and to return to knowing who, who, what does my body enjoy now, and I think, and some of us had never done that journey because of our societal conditioning, you know, there was definitely... That the man's pleasure was a priority. You know, keep the man happy is kind of what I was told. Be pe- be a people pleaser. You know, be cute, be sexy, be the porn kitty. I don't know what I can and can't say on you here. So say it, yeah. okay. You can say
0: anything. Yeah, we, we had Reed talking about pegging, and you know. Okay, like,
2: great. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he was talking about that. We're actually hosting a pegging um, workshop next month. <laughs> So I'm excited for it. So to, so for us to all of a sudden, you know, realize and begin to explore, like my pleasure is important. And what does my body actually like when it's not, when I'm not coming from that paradigm of, of, of being pleasurable for them? What do I actually enjoy? And so it's really beautiful time, I think, to get to really explore that. And there's so much nuance to it. There's so many areas of a woman's body that can be pleasurable, you know, and there's pleasure outside of the bedroom in the body just to be able to return to like, uh, like really slowing down in life because you're not serving children. And I find Uh even though my children are a bit younger, I'm not totally there yet. The fact they're at nine and um, 12 now. So they have a little bit more independence. I have a little bit more space. And while I have that space, there's kind of this program of like, oh, I need to do the dishes. I need to vacuum the house. I need to do the laundry. I need, you know, there's like the never ending list of bullshit. That's how
0: a lot of women still feel, (laughs) even at my age, which is amazing to me. It just, I've never been housekeeping as as driven. so, So I'm always like... Oh, okay. I guess you like to do that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I understand that. Yeah. So, so even now though, to, 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 choose it to, that I'm going to take a moment of pleasure, even if it's just one to five minutes, just to weave a little bit more pleasure throughout the day this year for me, I really looked back at last year at a really hard time last year. I got COVID. I, um, was on medication for months after because it it stirred up childhood asthma for me I it had steroids in it so I gained weight I it was like battling depression because it affected my my fiscal year and my physical body and like I just had a lot to kind of be with last year and pleasure wasn't the focus it was survival for sure and so at the end of the year as I recapped I was like how can I weave more pleasure in and for me it was like let me start in the basics right now like and I got a record Player And I was like, I'm going to intentionally listen to music like I used to before having children. And instead of just consuming music and just having it on the background, I'm going to just take a moment and really enjoy a song or a side of an album. And to invite my kids into that from time to time has been a beautiful practice. And so I talk about pleasure. And I sometimes focus on the body because I love to invite women into that practice. And it doesn't have to just there's so many different layers and levels of pleasure that we can choose to tune into that just bring more aliveness into our body and into our life and into our relationships.
0: Okay. So you almost talked about pleasure one-on-one. What do you like to put on for five minutes, a record? It could be, you know, a a shower that you take time to to do a bath, candles, lighting, walking, you know, all the things that if we are allowing the pleasure in and open to that fact that we can be with it. And it's all about the presencing. So, and give us a little more like the next level, like, so what you're working with in some of your workshops and what you see as far as that shift for all age women. I mean, you know, let's go as broad as we can with women, because I think that's really, you know, unifies us at this stage of once we give ourselves space to step in. Mm
2: -hmm. One of the first places I love to start. is just in gentle exploration with the fingertips in the body. So really slowing down and figuring out like, When I gently touch my face with my fingertips ever so slowly, like, where do I really enjoy that? Where where do I enjoy, you know, teasing myself in the neck, which can be such an amazing erogenous zone, you know? Um, And bringing it down to the breasts and really slowly beginning to explore what is she like, what pressure, you know? And this really gets to opening our heart. And we can sometimes hold... We just haven't had time to process all the emotions (laughs) that we have as women and in this crazy time in life right um and so it can be a beautiful practice to slow down and really feel what's here energetically and to let that flow through so letting go of any resentment or fear or just sorrow, grief that we've been holding on to, and then to intentionally get to bring into our bodies and into our hearts. Um, in the second half of that practice, we bring in gratitude. We, we kind of set intentions of what do I want to bring more of into my life? Is it beauty? Is it pleasure? Is it connection? Is it sisterhood? You know, really like choosing to breathe that in and intentionally kind of encode our body with love, with presence, with attention, and with these energetics.
0: So that, that's definitely a beginning compared to pegging.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so so I'll just to remind you, you know, our listeners, if you want to go back to the Reed McKello interview, it's our it's our love and sex February month interviews, and he's the second one up. So I, he and he and his partner of six years, Allison, and they are so irreverent about everything that's open possibility. It's so amazing, and reminds me actually what you said about boundaries and the cuddle mm-hmm. party because we don't look at our own boundaries enough. Mm. We think we have rules and rules are really restrictive things instead of, okay, I'm willing to get out of this discomfort in order to see what else there is. And so that's what mm. I think a lot of our exploration and this discussion can discuss. So stepping into more, exploration of that pleasure in in our bodies in our the somatic ability to really tune in and align with ourselves first so we know better what obviously we like and then we can invite what we want more of yes so talk to me about that experience like how you see women doing that in some of the workshops you run
2: sure well um one, and I'm 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 assuming you mean like in regards to their partner, like how do they now show?
0: Share yeah, this with I mean first with yeah. themselves. Like I mean, you, okay. you, you mentioned the self practice, and so for example, if you want to let if you, you some some women don't even think they have the the ability anymore, especially with menopause, yes. I think to consider that sex is not just intercourse, mm. and that sexuality is so much more, mm-hmm. and to to explore that the edges of that. So even if you want to start with that a little beyond and also then the invitation of the next, mm. of so yes, the partner. Mm. Ooh,
2: yeah. I feel like um, with the, my practice of Tantra and we've, we've touched on this a little bit, but I'll, I'll kind of
0: wrap it up. Oh no, circle to back. We need, we need reinforcement. Circle back as much as possible.
2: <laughs> okay. Is that my relationship to to love and sensuality and pleasure you know is partially in the bedroom right but it is also all of my life like so how can i make washing my hands just that little bit more pleasurable right how can i make that walk just a little bit more pleasurable and so i'm making love to life right and i'm and i love doing breath work and intentionally breathing as a practice, but honestly throughout my day. So I'm intentionally choosing to inhale moments of pleasure. I'm intentionally choosing to use the breath to slow down and really be present with what am I feeling right now? What is the energy that's that I'm sharing with somebody right now? Is that what I want to experience? And if I want to help it move through a little bit quicker, I intentionally take a few deep breaths, right? If I wanna expand that feeling from just my belly or my heart and feel it throughout my whole body. I take a long deep breath and visualize it expanding throughout. And so a perfect example of this was the day I realized we could orgasm from gratitude. I had completed a workshop and someone at the end was just about to leave and they paused and they turned around and they just gave, you could really feel the authenticity of their gratitude. They were just so moved and recognized like how much their life had changed from being able to attend this and practice this and just, just how much their mind and, 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 life had been expanded in the last few hours and I just I was like I'm going to breathe this in I'm going to receive this this is so beautiful I'm like I'm so deeply touched and I breathed in a few deep breaths in and really received it and then I was like wow I feel like really really good I'm just going to lie down everyone's gone I lied right down there on the floor of the workshop space and I just took like all of a sudden it was just rolling in delicious orgasm and pleasure and I was like I had no idea I had no idea we had this capacity as humans. How come nobody told me <laughs>
0: exactly? I mean, energy orgasms because we're allowing that energy of gratitude and or anything energy and and working with it and it being part of us. And I mean, I have an interview with Barbara Carellis, who was one of my mentors when I did my masters in sexuality. Oh, I adore and, her, yeah. And and uh, and and so this idea of just that, like people don't even realize that. So let's go back to it because they don't hear yeah. all of our, of our episodes. Sure. Of our, let's go back to that that orgasm is not just something not just physical yeah (laughs) so so give us some background of that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sure.
2: <laughs> One way that I like to put it uh, that a friend of mine uh, said to me once is like, "Oh, I just love being fucked open by God." You know, like that to me is the perfect like words to encapsulate the difference between um maybe a physical orgasm in in union with somebody and an energetic orgasm is that there is just this overwhelming um, love that pours through the body that if you allow it to, right, if we don't restrict it and we breathe it and we surrender to it and we make, we moan to it, there's just, ah, oh, it's, it's so, it's so delicious. <laughs>
0: it's so delicious. I mean, I do, I do them for myself quite often and teach them to the, I have partners cause I'm polyamorous Yeah, and I do feel like, Like that, that, that essence of that, of this teaching is so important because people do wonder, like all of our programming is about, first of all, men coming and because we know that the men need to come as if Mm -hmm. that's the the only way they Mm can, which You know, I didn't get into a lot of that with Reed, but you know, the, the Tantra part for men might be interesting too. And I don't, you know you don't necessarily work with men, but mention that for a moment. I actually do. I would, a
2: large portion of our practices with men, I just don't directly advertise to them because they tend to find me.
0: <laughs> oh, cool. So talk about that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I had a man tell me that learning how to separate ejaculation from orgasm and being able to have an energetic orgasm was like him being given the keys to the Ferrari. Like he owned this amazing car the whole time and he had no idea how to turn it on. He's like, do you realize the gift I have been given, how much longer he can last in connection with his partner? There isn't kind of this peak experience and then he needs to take a nap. You know, it's being able to stay in that connection, in that field of love for longer and to be able to both just enjoy it in general because it's a juicy, experience, um, but also to please their partner and feel like I did well tonight, you know, <laughs> to not have that anxiety that it's going to suddenly end. Um, and so they can be more present to the moment with their partner.
0: Oh, my goodness. I mean, so what are the typical things that obstacles when people come in that are really buzzing for them? What do you help them overcome?
2: Oh, there's so many, um, but I would say, you know, ang- ang- the root of a lot of it is anxiety. The root of a lot of it is, am I doing good enough? Do I look good enough? Am I lovable? Am I doing it right? You know, there's a lot of basically the, the issues that were in our heads <laughs> to be in our minds and to solve problems through thinking is the way that we have been raised. We have been indoctrinated that the mind is, you know, the, the thing that we need to to feed and build and we get paid more money with the better our minds work, right? And unfortunately that is not true at all for relationships and sex <laughs> to some degree, obviously thinking things through and being able to communicate, of course, but ultimately the relationships is meeting in the field of the heart and to be able to feel one another and to be present with one another and to be present, we need to get rid of our mind. Basically, we need to put it on the, in the back seat of the car and we need to allow the heart to take the lead. And so tantra is an amazing practice that supports us in coming into our body, coming into, more of our sensation coming into more of what our heart feels and allowing our body to be guided by those energies by sensuality by love and so ter- being able to turn our mind off and trust that it's safe to surrender to feel that energy to feel that level of connection um and to allow love to really illuminate the parts of us that don't feel lovable right to allow love to illuminate that anxiety and be able to lovingly communicate that with a partner and let love kind of just dissipate, you know, kind of just dissolves when we can recognize like, Oh, I'm feeling insecure in this moment. Like, will you just hold me and be willing to, you know, be able to name that and receive that, that is love to me and let go of expectation, let go of what does sex need to look like? Let go of like, Oh, it, we do ABC and D and it ends with an orgasm, you know, and really allow love and physical playfulness to, um, Transmute what 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 we are holding in our bodies as trauma or fear or concern or story um, that prevents deeper connection.
0: It's amazing because playfulness. I mean, that was what I did my thesis on, especially like this this play. If we can't play with the mess and just be not look good and not be okay and not have everything work like when we were kids when we could fall down and we could get right back up again it's the basics it's our basic nature and we just forgot about it because we got so busy i mean how do you help like people that are so driven and type a do they even come to you and how do you (sighs) how do you help them slow down when all they want to do is achieve something you know like and it has to be perfect like how how do you help a perfectionist
2: yeah, well, I, I am a recovering perfectionist, so I know it well, and I do have a lot of high achieving people, you know, in politics and education uh, um, in the courtroom um, who are coming because they also recognize that there's a whole aspect of their life that isn't thriving, that definitely isn't perfect. And they're trying to, and they're trying to figure out like, OK, the marriage is falling apart. What do I do? You know, I help them understand that the more space that they can create for themselves at the the start of their day is and and for their partnership right so scheduling in time for self and time for a partner even though that doesn't sound sexy because our society equates spontaneity with sexiness it can be really sexy to make that commitment and, to, and then to learn the tools of how do we drop in with each other when we've made that time. So how do we go from, I just got home from work and I'm thinking about all the things to being present with our partner, to feeling our energy bodies harmonize, feeling a sense of harmony and union with each other. And that's the tools that I, that I offer them. And so when I kind of explain that, um, you know, that you want to get here and this is what you need to do and, you know, put it more at a, you know, like, a, like someone would look at a business plan, you know, like, okay, I see that in order to get this result, I need this equation. <laughs> um, I, I like to try and give it, give it in that way. And, um, and it's true. There's, there is kind of like an, I, esoteric equation that if we follow this formula we can experience bliss with ourselves or with another
0: I mean I I, do and do you see do you see it as that linear thing or you know the idea that sometimes it's also waves right like
2: there's yeah so I like to see it as a river and in order for there for things to flow we need to have the riverbanks otherwise it's just a big lake that stands still right
0: so what are some of the riverbanks
2: Ooh, that's a great question. Well, as I said, one for me would be the daily commitment to self, the daily commitment to your practice, whether no matter how small or big it is. It could be little practices throughout the day if that's all that you can manage, whether you're, you know, a new mother or a busy businessman, but like taking the time to connect into pleasure, taking the time to feel your heart, to come into the present moment, drop out of your head and into your body, right? Another I think the riverbanks are the kind of commitments or I really like to use the word devotions. Like what are you devoting your time and energy to? If you're 100% devoted to your business, your business is going to be 100% successful, but you're not going to have the same success in your relationships. And so reallocating a little bit of energy and a little bit of the energy of devotion will create those. Those. Um,
0: well, when someone comes from a hierarchical place of delegating and managing others, they, they don't always have an equal plane. So that playing field to me as I said it, I thought to myself, bank river banks, like kind of this, this check-in with conscious communication has got to be made. And, and so I, um, I, I I feel so much of that, that, that I've done that in my marriage of 31 years, that that's, that check-in has been essential and never perfect. Mm. And so no one can expect it to be, I don't know. I think relationships are going to have their messy times
2: absolutely
0: and yeah. it's kind of to expect that even even though we have our parameters or even though we have, we try to have some of our check-ins we're not going to always feel that love it's like the, like we don't always feel those that love for ourselves sometimes either so much sometimes we have to really remind ourselves and and sometimes we go through stages of survival like you talked about earlier yes. and that's so important to also just say okay Let's just get through this time.
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree with that, absolutely. And I think one of the most important relationship tools we can implement is to have a relationship intention and allow that to be the anchor that we come back to on a monthly or bi monthly basis. However however often you're having what I like to call research and development dates. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> cute. You, I like right? you where you check in and you're like, okay, we made this intention for the relationship. Are we still meeting that? And, and if not, how can we meet that? And if we're not meeting it, do we, do we still both desire to have that intention or does the intention need to shift?
0: So, so what do you do with people that really are busy and don't want to slow down? I mean, look, if they come to you, they, they do want to try. Yeah. And yet I wonder that that rush of adrenaline is so hard to slow down and check in. Mm -hmm. And it, and it, and it, and it, it, it sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't with my husband and I. Mm. That's the honest truth is that it doesn't, you know, and that's, been, that's, that, that's acceptance too.
2: <laughs> I'm curious if the two of you have like a five minute um, practice or ritual that you do at the beginning of those times that would maybe help create more harmony in those moments.
0: You know what? We're going to talk to you about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, i would love to, that i would love to talk
0: to you about it i i like i'm very happy about that because we actually did um dr tammy nelson was my supervisor for my master's and we interviewed her she'll be up in march about her new book open monogamy and this and it is all about conscious discussions. And we've had a few of those. We, he was here with me in Florida for a weekend. And we discussed, you know, some of the, thir- the her 37 questions that if you listen to that episode, oh, we'll yes, get those I know it's questions, yeah. um, of her new book. And and so the, we'll, we'll be able to do that. But sometimes the rush until I can get him to slow down that he's made a decision to slow down because that's the ritual in practice mm. could be a really helpful addition, Amanda.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: <laughs> but I love the idea that you're talking about how we're shifting in our society about um, getting out of our head and into our body because it's that's when I talk about open mind. It's not, I mean, it is about learning more. That's what we're doing in this podcast, um, mm-hmm. you know, educating and entertaining on some level, and yet I do feel like opening hearts and opening up. Our- bodies in new ways yeah, is, is the only, is the place we have, we've left behind. We've just left yeah. it behind.
2: Yeah, it's understandable. I mean, especially our ancestors being indoctrinated in a lot of religion, um, where the, the the flesh was sin, the body was sin, to enjoy pleasure was sinful, to, you know, and, and you, and the, it was important for our survival to be part of community. And so we foregoed that we let we were like okay i want to be accepted i want to be supported in community like these were con some maybe conscious but probably mostly unconscious thoughts of like i need to survive and i need community to survive so i'm gonna i'm gonna um adhere to this and so that shame has been passed down generation by generation by generation and it's taken a lot for us of this generation, uh, you know, these last couple hundred years to be like, wait a second, this is not working. We have access to the Internet now, you know, <laughs> and we some of our I have to say, like, thankful, thank, grateful to our ancestors that a lot of us are are in a place where we can we have space to explore this because we have um, inventions that, you know, help us out. Like we have, uh, Vibrators. Vibrators. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I was thinking like we have grocery delivery now. Like we used to have to like take care of the cow and milk it. You know what I mean? Like we were using a lot of energy to, to take care of some basic needs. And now we are able to do that in a more quicker way. And so we're able to explore more pleasure. Um, and, and so I'm really grateful that we, to be in this time, And, um, and yeah, I, and so I want to say like, it's understandable that we've been on this journey as, as a species, as humanity, and it's a beautiful time for, to make space
0: to learn more. So let's shift to that. Like... If you had, if you, what would you like your mom to have taught you? What do you want your your kids to know? What's the, mm. Let's go to the motherhood piece of this, so that sure. people want to send this episode to their to their <laughs> to their kids that they sh, the, and and want to themselves be able to check in in a different way. And then how's the relationship with your mom? So let's talk about motherhood. <laughs>
2: sure. Well, I have a story I think that that'll that that connects to this well, which is when I was about two or three i jumped out of the bathtub i think i was still dripping wet and i ran around the corner to my bedroom that my mother was in i don't quite remember what she was doing maybe folding clothes or you know whatever getting the room ready and i touched myself and i proclaimed in excitement oh my god mom did you know how good this feels like i was probably like you know, exploring my clitoris or like, I don't quite know. I'm sure it wasn't penetrative, but it was just, there's amazing sensation here. This feels so good, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And unfortunately her response was absolute horrification. It was shame. It was, oh my, grabbing my hand. You don't ever do that. You know, just total shutdown. And having been a child, I was adopted I had been abandoned and I would do anything for acceptance and, um, and to be part of the group. So I stopped and I didn't touch myself with my own hand for decades. I did like use other items because the body had needs (laughs) like a pillow or whatever. Like I still tried things, but so that's like a great example of of how I would totally handle that situation differently now, especially from where I am. And so there's been moments in my mothering career that have been quite funny and comical and surprising. And it was like, okay, this is happening right now. And breathe. That's the first thing I think is like, don't jump to like any action right now. Just, okay, this is happening, right? <laughs> and um, And I think I said something, you know, like, it does acknowledging like yes, it does feel good, doesn't it? And that's something that we explore not on the family couch, right? We that's something you want to go to your room and continue exploring or you know, so it's it's like not shaming them for what they're exploring and and, and explaining like and that there's safer spaces or the correct space to do that just like uh there's other things in regards to the body we're like maybe we don't pick our nose in public but maybe we do it in the bathroom right there's just there's places for privacy
0: well can moms can moms talk about is it too sensitive for moms to I mean, I with my kids, I asked them, but they weren't they weren't into learning from me. Mm -hmm. And then they knew I was studying sexuality when I was in my 50s. So they were like, well, you've always been and we don't need to listen. Right. And now, you know, I think my youngest actually is pretty good about he'll talk to me about emotions, not necessarily physical. And that's fine. Like kids don't need to you don't need to be in their space to tell them it's okay either yeah. in a big way. Like here, I'll show you how, right. you don't no. have to go far. It's about the body them finding, them how. right. So, <laughs> how, so, so as a young mom, how do you respond to your kids? Like,
2: I really let them guide me and what they're curious about. So I've not, I've not set up a sex ed class, for example, for them. Um, I find that like they come with questions, like maybe, Maybe we saw a friend of mine and she was pregnant and my son's like, okay, well, how did that happen? And, you know, so I start, I will, I got a book and we talked about it a little bit and I just let it sit. And then a couple of days later, there was another question, you know, and it's just a couple of days after that. There's another question. A couple of weeks after that, there was another question. So I really let them guide their curiosity. And I am coming from a, my choice is that if they have the ability to ask the question, then they're ready for a very short succinct, direct answer. Like they're, they're capable, if they're capable to ask, I think they're capable to know
0: the answer. And
2: I just don't give more than
0: they're asking. Is there, was there anything challenging that, that you had to like, you said, breathe. And then do you have any examples of that?
2: One of the things that I navigate is that my children's father actually was an ex Jehovah witness. So he was indoctrinated for multiple decades into that system. And, um, And he, so he's not as maybe sex positive and open as I am. (laughs) And we uh, have a very strained co-parenting relationship. And so we haven't actually talked about how to address these things. And so I'm always like on the edge of like, I want to give them enough information that's not shaming. And also I don't want them to necessarily run to their dad and be like, mom told me about vibrators this week right and I said this isn't something you know that we talk about with everybody just like we don't swear in the grocery store or at church or around grandma you know this isn't something we go and discuss with everybody in our classmates if you have any other questions these are the people you can talk to you know you can talk to me and you know other trusted adults that they have in their life that I knew um, they would be comfortable having that conversation with
0: them what a nice way to frame that! I love that. Did, so, do did they ask more questions at the time?
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely! Yes, there was there was many many questions,
0: <laughs> and, and you know, and 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 at their level and age, it is it is a hard thing. I mean, it's not an easy you know thing to be a mom. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> or dad. Yeah. yeah. I remember um, one of the funnier things that happened was I bought one of those Thera guns that people use after the massage of the body after you work out. And I, yeah, I've been loving it. It feels great. Highly recommend it to anyone who's curious. Anyway, I went to the bathroom and I came back and the gun had just been, well, it was beside the couch or whatever. And I came back and they were like, did you know how good it feels to do this right here next to the penis? And I was like... I didn't know, and um, what a great, you know, what a great thing to realize and that's not what the gun is for (laughs) but it's cool that you learned that about yourselves and they got this really cute discussion about you know they kind of explored while I was in the bathroom I didn't realize and they they each like different things and so it was a beautiful opportunity for me to talk about like every human body likes different sensation and to be touched in different ways and you know I and then I just let it go like okay we're gonna put it away and we're gonna go back to what
0: we were doing (laughs) right well do you do you you cut off discussion I guess that's a question I'd have like even with the dildo thing that sounds like it could have been pretty tough. I mean, how, how did you deal with those questions and how do you cut off that, you know, when it's enough? I think it's
2: like anything else. I just redirected them to like what we were meant to be doing or what we were planning to do next. And like, you know, okay, that was so cool. We got to talk about that. And uh, now we're going to study whatever, or we're going to, you know, return to doing story time. (laughs) And I think kids are used to being, you know, redirected because there's always, especially I think, Uh, in how we parent now. There's always the next thing we got to get to and do. And um, so I think they're used to it.
0: Great. And what else would you say? I mean, how's your relationship with your mom now, if you're willing to talk about that? And by the way, we can always edit this out if you want to. (laughs) Sure. I mean,
2: I have a very complicated um, history. I was um, abandoned by my biological mother, adopted and was in an abusive situation there, left young. And then I uh, moved in with my, at the time, boyfriend, ex boyfriend's family, and now they're called, they're my family, and I adore them. They've been amazing to me. They're the grandparents to my children, and they are super supportive. I mean, after being through a couple of not so great situations, I was pretty rebellious, testing teenager, and I moved in with them when I was 16. So, and they were just very. Grounded about it. They've, I went into sexuality and they were just very like, yep, not surprised at all. Cause you know, I would, I would do very, um, (laughs) very surprising things. Like I would come to the dinner table with a porn magazine and be like, I want to talk about the article in here. I was very testing of the limits of acceptance. Um, And so it wasn't surprising to them when I went into this line of work. And, um, you know, she's, my parents actually have only ever been with each other. They were high school sweethearts that have made it work. And so we have very different experiences in life, but it's really beautiful to be able to um, be myself. And I feel really grateful for that.
0: Well, I think that's what we all long for, especially in family. And so I'm glad you found, and that's what people need whatever family they create as family. Yes. And that's what we do in this world. And like you even said about co-parenting was interesting to me because it's important to know that people are usually not exactly aligned with their parenting and, and that's okay. And, and, and I know you're navigating, probably navigating it sometimes more than others. And yet you're, you're, you how do you, how do you face that openness of It's not going to be perfect i'm going to let it be because he gets as long as they both partners are showing nourishment and love in their own way
2: yeah
0: that's their that's what they need is acceptance and nourishment and love Mm -hmm. for one person because sometimes we have a lot of single parents
1: before we wrap up this episode and hear the offering from amanda in our summary here is a preview of our next week episode with josh silver
3: what I've come to, and, and I love this uh, uh, open nest concept because I, for 28 years, I was totally locked in. And, and, and in India, which is my spiritual tradition that I've come to, they describe three stages of life the youth student phase, the first stage. And then the second stage is that they call the householder phase when you're raising your family. And then traditionally in India, after you finish that, if you choose, then you can go join the monastery. It's like you can go be with God after you finish your obligations to your family. Not that, And so I'm not saying like, so I've done that. It's not like I don't ever see my family. I'm engaged with them, you know, in lots of ways. But my focus is to go to be with, well, I would say the goddess God, which is the earth and the sun.
0: So Amanda, share with us all the beautiful things that you're doing that are coming up for women and for human beings to be embodied and holy in their in their wellness, the way you teach.
2: Mm, thank you for asking. Well, I hold a beautiful um, gathering spot for mothers online called the Radiant Mamas Facebook group. And so if you search in the group section there, um, those who are desiring to connect to their bodies after having children, to their power and to, Peace, which can sometimes be hard to find in motherhood um we are having beautiful discussions there that are really holding one another in what's coming up and not judging each other for some of the parenting choices that um you know we make that sometimes these groups can feel like so i've been really um loving nourishing that space Um, and from there i have the well of the goddess a gathering for mothers and maidens in new hampshire in july which is a beautiful kind of gathering around the well of nourishment around the fire and the red tent and really supporting um, the young ones in um, acknowledging the power that we have as women, as bleeding cyclical beings and kind of initiating them into that and also bringing the generations together to really honor the journey that it is to be a woman. And
0: that's a whole weekend?
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: So they can find more information on your website.
2: Yep. And then I have an amazing event with you coming up in well, the end of May.
0: Came out out of this that we discussed that we are local together and we just want to play and have fun. And we just want to invite other moms and daughters in to the space of just getting to know themselves in that one day safe space to step into at your and your back in your area, right? In your backyard, because I've been up there once during the night time. I didn't get to see your your beautiful space. So tell us about what we're going to do there and I'll chip, I'll chime in as well.
2: Yeah, so I have a beautiful 35-acre property. We'll be gathering around the fire for the day, dropping into our bodies and our breath and the earth, the land, and really allowing ourselves to be nourished by being present to uh, the deliciousness that's available to us and to also connect to each other in this sacred sisterhood of support. Um, so we'll be connecting through a forgiveness ritual and just letting go of the generational and ancestral kind of pain, shame that um, that we sometimes pick up along this human journey, and. We'll be enjoying tea and medicine and the medicine of movement and sound from you,
0: right? Yeah, we're gonna do some movement and sound and play and and just get back into a, a, a lighter way to deconstruct some of the heaviness that I think mothers and open esters too. So that's why we're opening this to do together is that at this stage of life, we're looking for openings. And openings is such Mm -hmm. an embodied thing. Mm -hmm. So we want to come into folk circles of how we create together and sing together and love together and create joy together in a way that lightens our spirits. So even bringing your daughter into it would be an amazing thing. And Mm -hmm. it's in Killingsworth, which is where Amanda is in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And it is going to be on May, Saturday, May 28th from 10 a.m to 3 p.m and mm-hmm. we have a rain date for sunday the 29th it's a memorial day weekend so it's a treat to you for mother's day so yes. we're putting this episode out on the week of mother's day weekend of the, the week of mother's day weekend so that anybody out there that wants to send this on that can get up to new england and can give themselves a real treat with us mm-hmm. with amanda and myself we would love to
2: have you <laughs> have you. and thank you so much for having me on this incredible podcast interview experience
0: <laughs> well I've been so lucky to get to know you this way and and what and there was was there anything else as far as retreats coming up or online learning anything else you, I think you was there a third thing mm. oh that was the Radiant Mama Facebook page got it yeah got it.
2: that I just I offer Radiant Mama's program to support mothers in um enjoying motherhood again really
0: <laughs> wonderful so with your voice, how can we? What's the website? How people can reach you?
2: www.thetantricmama.com.
0: Thetantricmama.com. Amanda, thank you for this time today. Thank you. Sending love. Blessings, everybody. Blessing.
1: Well, Tessa, I knew that I'm going to get some kind of a takeaways from this particular episode. Tantric Tantra as a whole was always something I struggle with. You, We went to a couple of uh, Barbara Corrales. Classes in New York City, but you know, it just didn't catch with me, but this one's certainly opening uh, my brain to to some more exploration of Tantra.:
0: Wonderful. I mean we know that it has to come from the ability to be embodied and breathe, and so I know that that's something you your intention to do Yeah, um, and, and in
1: addition to that, we <laughs> just listening to about the orgasm of gratitude, first of all, I never heard of such a thing. That's beyond me that somebody can come uh, get an orgasm right from uh, being gratitude. But she described it and she described how does that happen. But, you know, what, I, what I'm what i thinking about is this, the thought process that goes into it. And it, she decided, I'll take it, which means she was open to receiving and then lavishing in the pleasure of such... An orgasm without without having to feel guilty about it so so beautiful. so, Thank that, you, so yeah. that is what I'm taking away from that and that is a, a practice that perhaps we can all try to uh, adopt in some fashion I know that I have to be more open to receiving because I prefer to give than to receive but here it is uh, an opportunity to receive without having to feel guilty about it so that's something uh, to consider especially for me.
0: Yes, I, I I, would love more openings for you because the idea of making love to life and inhaling moments of pleasure helps us slow down at this stage of life and, and noticing things that we didn't notice before, so it allows us to be curious to the sensations that can be part of our pleasure daily instead of waiting for the big O, <laughs> you know? Right,
1: and you know, yesterday's party was truly also, uh, I guess... Um, an evident of sensuality. Sensuality. sensuality lives. <laughs> it's not just about the intercourse or what you do, but sensuality living. Uh, last night party in New York City was really evident of that. They
0: gave us roses and he actually <laughs> yeah. he actually put the rose on my body as I'm dancing and then sitting on the couch. It was it was just beautiful to see Very that people sensual. were being so authentically in themselves and and that's what cuddle parties do as well, is that the idea of, of really coming from this place of consent and taking, letting people take care of themselves and what their bodies are going to enjoy now. And, you know, Amanda mentioned something I use a lot, techniques for myself, for others, just touching our faces and breathing into our body. And I love the idea of finding that personal peace, even when, for example, young mothers are struggling. So that embodiment is what gives us that peace. And she talks about love being fucked open by God, like the spirituality <laughs> of sexuality, man. That is exactly the essence of that.
1: I, well, <laughs> you, you you go for that essence. I'm going to try some uh, gratitude. <laughs> so maybe something happened.
0: Well, that is the gratitude. The gratitude <laughs> is being fucked open by the love in the world. It's so funny, you know that song that we used to hear, fuck it all, fuck it all, fuck it all, fuck it all. You probably even know who does that. But I was singing, the other day I was singing, why would I sing that? Let me just sing, and it's both. Love it all, love it all. I started singing that to myself the other day because sometimes things suck, but how do we love it all? And that comes down to the tiny pleasures that this episode brings up for me.
1: And that episode, along with others, are available on our website, theopennestors.com That's theopennesters, double in the middle, S at the end. <laughs> We always, always welcome great comments from all of our audience, which we really thank Thank you, the audience, for making us the podcast that we are, so relevant, so timely for so many people. So thank you for that. So visit us, leave us a comment, and we'd love to hear from you.
0: Thank you, and also our social media. We really could use it to grow because it's not a place I've put a lot of emphasis on because the content's been so important to me. But we would love you, our community, to just subscribe to the Open Nesters podcast, share it, and get on to yeah, Instagram, sure. Instagram, and join our The Open Nesters at the on our Instagram as well and our closed Facebook page. And I do hope you'll ask questions and email me at Tessa at The Open Nesters about this upcoming retreat that I am so fired up about. So I look forward to hearing Yeah, more and we've we
1: got some great episodes coming up. So till next one, this is Amir. And this is Tessa. And we'll see you on the next episode.
0: Ciao. <music> You have been listening to The Open Nesters Podcast, a production of Kiwi Publishing and Media. Executive Producer, Tessa Krohn. Music by Yoni Patat. Audio Engineering by Lucid Sound. Web Design and Blogs, PJ Ewing. This podcast is available on all podcast platforms. To learn more about each episode and guest, please visit us at theopennesters.com. For questions or to be a guest on our podcast, email tessa at theopennesters.com.